today we come before you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the, the Word of God which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The entrance of your Word gives light, Father. So today, Father, as we enter into your Word, we're entering into the light. Because your Word produces light. And our desire, Lord, is to walk in the light as He is in the light. And then we will have fellowship one with another. Father, it's impossible for us to have true fellowship with each other unless we're walking in the light together, which is our common bond. And I ask you today, Lord, to give me fresh utterance. Help me, Lord, to communicate precisely how you communicated this to me. I yield my tongue, I yield my mind, and I yield my spirit fully and completely and wholly unto you, Father, today. And you will get all the praise, the honor, and the glory. For it's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. And all that agreed said, amen. amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. We spent most of all, actually most of the summer on a series, the last series that we talked about called The Spoken Word. The Spoken Word. And you can actually... Uh, you can go on our website. You can download, download those things for free. They're also on iTunes as well for a podcast. You can download them free of charge. Let them be a blessing to you. But we spent about three months, a little more time than I usually spend on a series. But the Lord has been talking to me about a brand new series. Hallelujah. And here it is if you want to bring it up there, Josh. Fearless. You like that picture? That is a picture of the believer. Now, I, uh, I always pray about in advance, Lord, what do you want me to share to the people of God? Because, you know, there's a thousand and one subjects you could teach on and share upon. I mean, you know that. There's so many different subjects you can teach on. But I always, liked, I always like to go with the unction in my spirit about what he wants us to share. Not what I want to share, but what he wants us to share. And about three weeks ago, the Holy Spirit revealed something to me in an early morning prayer session. I was laying in my bed about four o'clock in the morning. It seems like it's always about four or five o'clock in the morning. And the Lord began to talk to me about, talk to me personally about the subject of fear and how that God doesn't want us to have any fear in our lives. No fear at all. Amen. Amen. Now, um, oftentimes we, we associate fear with fright, you know, something like, you know, something scares you, it frightens you like that, you know. That's, that's one side of fear, but there's also more, it's more often than not more common, is the subtle side of fear of worry, concern. We use the word concern, but it's actually worry, okay, and fear. And the Lord was just communicating to me that He doesn't want us to be, to have any fear in our lives. Is it possible to live your life on this earth apart from fear? That's a good question, isn't it? Is it possible to live your life, the rest of your days on this earth, free from any type of fear? The answer is absolutely yes. Amen? So if you would go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to read a verse here of the origin of fear and how this whole thing came about. How many of you here have ever felt fear in your life or felt afraid in your life at some point? Raise your hand. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. 
But in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9 it says, And the Lord God called Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Now, of course, God knew where he was, but he was looking for a response from Adam. He says, where are you? And he says, I heard thy voice in the garden. That's what Adam said to God, his response. He said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Now, isn't that something? Because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree where have I commanded thee that thou should not eat thereof? All right. Now, of course, God knew where he was, but he was looking for a response. Now, when Adam and Eve were created, when God created them, you know the story. We're not going to go into great detail, but God gave them the authority and the responsibility to guard that garden, to dress the garden, and to keep it, and to keep out foreign intruders, which was the enemy. All right. It was his job to be the custodian of that particular garden. Well, they disobeyed God, and God told them that you can have every tree in the garden. All the different trees are yours except this one tree. In other words, that tree was like the tithe. That belonged to God. He said, you can have every tree, all the thousands of trees, but this one tree, he said, that's my tree that belongs to me. Now, you thought that that would make him happy, right? You thought that would make him satisfied. But, you know, there was a devil that fell and barred the body of a serpent, and he came along, and he says... Uh, and I guess it wasn't an unusual thing back in those days that animals could talk. Because they didn't stand, when the, when the snake smoke, spoke to them, they didn't stand. Did you see that? That snake just spoke. All right? So before the fall of Adam, animals spoke. Okay? And I believe that in heaven they will still speak. I don't mean roof, roof. I mean, I'm talking, they'll talk. Okay? That's another subject for another day. But the point I want to make is this, is that Adam had God come down on the cool of the day on a daily basis and fellowship and talk with him. But on this one occasion when he heard God's voice, he ran from God's voice. He ran and he was afraid because he missed God, because he sinned. And so fear came on the scene. He never knew what fear was up until this point. He says, I, was, I heard your voice and I was afraid. Do you know there are people today in this earth that are still afraid to hear God's voice? Because they think God's going to tell them to do something they don't want to do. But you know what? If God tells you to do something, no matter what it is, He's got your interest at heart. He's not trying to make it tough on you. He's not trying to make it hard on you, make it difficult on you. If God is telling you to do something, He's trying to better your life. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you go to 2 Timothy here in the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's go over there real quick here. 2 Timothy chapter 1. We'll start with verse 1. Now, uh, you know there's a 1 Timothy and there's a 2 Timothy. You all know that, don't you? Okay, what's, what's the big difference here? Well, in 1 Timothy, just give you a little recap here. In 1 Timothy, the church is exploding. It's growing. Church growth has taken place. And so Paul writes Timothy in, in response to questions that he had about church and how churches. This is the infant stages of Christianity, folks. This is way back upriver where it all started. 
And so there's a book of instruction in 1 Timothy about how you should treat people in the church and so forth and so on and how deacons deacon, elders L and all this kind of stuff, you know, and all kind of, you know, basically church growth. But then you get over to 2 Timothy and it looks like the bottom of the barrel has fallen out. Well, in reality, it sort of has because Nero came on the scene who was one of the most wicked rulers and leaders in Israel, over in Israel that ever existed to this day. And he would torture Christians and, I mean, do the most wicked, heinous things you ever heard of in your life. Okay? He actually invented the sliding board, except on his sliding board, at the bottom of it was a big, sharp knife, and he would fillet Christians and send them down and split them in half. Okay? And just do crazy, ridiculous things. And that there was a great persecution that was in Israel at this point. And so, at this point... In 1 Timothy, the church is exploding, it's growing, it's developing, people are getting saved, they're coming in. But in 2 Timothy, there was a, there was a, a persecution in Jerusalem like there had never been before, great persecution. And so Christians are fleeing by the hundreds and the thousands. They're fleeing because of fear. Okay? And uh, they're all terrified about what's going on. Man, we think we've had a bad day. We haven't had a, a, a ruler like that ever. Okay? Here in America. <laughs> Amen? Say, I've never had it that bad. All right. You all with me this morning now? Now let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. And let's read on down here. I want to show you something here. Because I think it helps to know that kind of background when you read the Scriptures, to know a little bit about what's going on. And it says, Paul, apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear, dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace. From God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now it's interesting because in Paul's letters, this is considered the, uh, the uh, uh, letters to the pastors. Okay? In all of Paul's letters, he starts out by saying, Grace to you and peace from God our Father. But when he writes to the pastors, he says, Grace, mercy, and peace. Amen? Amen? Because leaders need a little bit of mercy. How many of you know that? Well, you'll figure that out sometime. Okay. Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, I thank my God whom I serve with my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I might be filled with joy. All right, so Timothy's really upset here. In verse 5 it says, And I call to remembrance the unfeigned or genuine faith that was in thee, that is in thee. Notice this. This is his pedigree. That dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice. I am persuaded that it is in thee also. Now notice that Paul is bringing something to his remembrance. He says, I know your grandmother. I know your mama. And he said... They had a spirit that's on the inside of them. And I'm persuaded that the same spirit that was in them is on the inside of you. Now it's interesting because he never said anything about his father here. I'm not sure why, but it said nothing about his father. But notice verse 5 or 6, it says, Wherefore I put thee, Timothy, in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I love this scripture 
2 Timothy 1.7. I quote this on a daily basis. I claim this. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. So the devil comes with one thing. He comes with fear. Just one thing. That's all he has. The devil can't do anything to you apart from fear any more than God can do something to you apart from faith. Fear is our connect. Fear is how the devil connects with people through fear. Faith is God's connector to you and to me. Hallelujah. But notice the origin of fear. It says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a controlled sound mind. Amen. You know, when you have a sound mind, you have a clear mind. You can think. And when you're in fear, you don't have a sound mind. Ask me how I know. When you're in fear, all of us have been in fear, you're not thinking correctly. You're not thinking correctly. Hallelujah. And when I asked the Lord this morning, when I, I said that, I said, Lord, what about Kim, Kim Jong-Hume, whatever his name is, that, that, that wicked ruler over there in, in Korea, North Korea? I heard, ha, 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 ha. That's what the Lord said. I said, okay, I got your answer. Amen. The, the, what we get so concerned about, sometimes God actually laughs at it. Amen. I mean, I heard a belly laugh inside my spirit. I'm telling you, I heard it in my spirit. Praise God. You think, well, God talked to me like that? Yeah, God will talk. God wants to talk to you like that. He wants to talk over certain things, over your affairs of life, you know, and you can ask him questions. He will talk to you. He will talk to you. Amen. And that's what we're going to talk about Friday night, about yielding yourself in that Bible study. That's why it's so important, how to yield yourself to God when he's moving. Sometimes God's moving. We don't even know it's him. But he is moving. You know, God's always moving. He's moving today. He never stops moving. We just got to get into the flow with what he's doing and learn how to yield to that. Amen. Jump into the river. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I used to be a very frightful, fearful person. I was raised from a mom now who's delivered from that, but she, was a, she had a spirit of fear on her because her mother did, her grandmother did. They had a spirit of fear on them, you know. And, I, and you know, babies aren't fearful. They have to learn that. Children are not fearful. They have to learn fear. Okay? Well, I had some problems with fear growing up because of uh, you know, being exposed to the way that, that my parents would deal with things, you know, and I thought, well, that must be the right, right way to deal with things, you know, and I realized that wasn't. Okay? The Bible says the fear of man is a snare, a trap. Amen? Do you know if you don't have the fear of man, you can obey God on every, on every whim. You don't, you're not concerned what other people think. Amen. When I get up here and speak, I'm not thinking about what you think about me. I'm really not. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I don't mean that in a prideful way. But when I stand up behind this plate, this podium right here, and I'm speaking, I'm more conscious of what the Lord is saying to me and not so much of what people are thinking about me. And I, I, I didn't know that at first. When I first started speaking, I'd stand up. I thought, oh, my God, look at their faces. <laughs> oh, man. You know. 
That's why God told Jeremiah, he says, don't pay attention to their faces. When you get up and speak, he said, don't look at their faces, okay? Now, that's not the saying, you don't have a beautiful face, okay? Praise the Lord. But, but there are times in the past when I get up to speak, and I, you would look out across the audience, you thought, I thought, dear God, I had to get over that. I thought, they looked like they just got in a fist fight with someone that morning. Maybe they did, I don't know. Or people falling asleep or something like that, you know? I had, years ago, when we first started our first church, we had these two guys would always fall asleep in our church. I mean, it could be, God could be moving like, whoo, just blowing through there, man. I'm telling you, and they would fall asleep in the middle of that, you know? They almost looked like two bookends because if they were sitting between someone, they were like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Go figure. But it, it says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Do you ever notice uh, they've got a phobia for every single type, fear of this, fear of that. There's names for every type of fear. Fear of breathing. Can you believe that? Fear of germs. You know, there's certain phobia names. There's, there's, a, there's a medical, they've tagged it all. There's a name for everything. Okay? Fear of heights. Fear of close places. Fear of spiders, fears of snakes, fears of this, fears of that, you know what I mean? And, uh, but do you know what the greatest, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you know what the greatest fear that man has? Does anybody want to take a shot at it? Anybody? It's not a trick question. What's the greatest fear that mankind has? Anybody want to take a guess? Someone said it's fear of death. Okay, that's all right. You know what the greatest fear that man has is the fear that God's word won't work. Did you know that? Because for every fear that man has, God has a promise for it. Amen? You see, I, I don't fear death anymore. I've been redeemed from death. Okay? He delivered him. He delivered us from the bondage of fear. In Hebrews it talks about fear to death. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay? But the greatest fear that man has is the Word of God won't work for you. All right? And I'll, I'll talk about that here in a minute here. But, but notice in verse 7 it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what we have. We have power, love, and a sound mind. Praise God. No fear. No fear. No fear here. You as a believer, how many believers do we got in here? When you made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, however that came about, the Lord Himself took up residence on the inside of you. Whenever that took place, maybe it was years ago, I was 16 years old when it happened to me. The Lord literally moved on the inside of you. Your body became the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have never been alone since that time. Never have you ever, ever, ever been alone. Now, you might have felt alone. You might have felt lonely. You might have felt by yourself. But let me tell you something. When the Lord came to dwell inside of you, He says, I'll be in with you and I'll be in you forever. Glory to God. 
Now, don't try to figure that out with your mind, okay? Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are never, ever alone. Ever. Ever. You could be walking down a lonely hallway somewhere and there's nobody around, but God is right there. He's on the inside of you. And as we practice God's presence, that's what years ago the Lord started to deal with me about how to do that because I wasn't sure how to do that. But He began to teach me how to practice His presence. I get in the car, God's there with me. I get, go to a, a mall or somewhere, any grocery store, God's right there with me. I wake up in the middle of the night, God's right there with me wanting to talk to me. He's really committed to you. And if you realize how committed the Lord is to you, that He's not like so busy that He's running the universe that He puts you on hold and says, I'll get back with you three months from now. No way. Okay? See, God has no limitations. He's able to intimately have fellowship with you and you and you and you at the same exact time. That's why He's God. He's able to do that, give you undivided attention 24-7. You know, the Lord will talk to you as much as you want Him to talk to you. Oh, He loves to talk. Amen. So, brother, the, the heavens have felt like brass to me. You know, where's God? We're, he's trying to talk to us. He's trying to communicate with us. Amen. Do you know right now in this room, this is no surprise here, but do you know there are radio waves and television waves that are floating through this room right now? How many of you see them? How many of you hear them? But if you have the proper apparatus, radio, television, you can turn it on. You can pick up that unseen wave, that radio wave, that television wave. You can pick it up and bam. Okay? Now, I remember growing up before they had cable television and all that, we had the rabbit ears. Remember the rabbit ears? Big old antenna up on the roof. Remember that? And uh, you, you know, we, we'd be like, a, if there's something really important on TV and it'd have all that snow and that picture that was just fading in and out, you know, I'd go over there and grab on. My dad goes, grab onto that thing right now. The, yeah. And you'd be, you'd be like a human antenna. Do you remember that? Anybody remember that? I don't think anybody from the younger generation would even understand that. Okay. But my point being is this is in this room right now, I mean, right now, I have a wireless microphone. Praise God for this wireless microphone. I felt like a dog on a chain back in the days when I was, had the, the, the wires, you know, because you'd go so far, you're like, I can't walk out that middle of the room. I, I could go back there. I can go out in the hallway. You can still hear me. It's a wireless connection. Now, I can't see it, but you're reaping the benefits of it right now. You can hear a wireless connection. And the original unseen connection is our fellowship with God, our communication with Him, the Bible says, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. And the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. You want to hear a ghost story? <laughs> this time of year? I'll tell you about the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I never understand people get on that Halloween thing. Oh, dear God. Ghosts and goblins and skeletons and all this kind of stuff, you know. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost moved inside of you when you were born again. And he, he will, I tell you, the Lord is the biggest encourager that there is. 
There is nobody that encourages more than him. And I mean, he will talk you out of defeat. He will talk you out of sorrow and sadness if you listen to him. He will talk you out of it. He will lift you up. <laughs> and that's why the body of Christ, that's why it's so important. We need one another. Because God lives in you, God lives in me, and we can yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit to minister and to bless other members of the body of Christ. That's the beautiful thing about this body. Amen. That we can do that. And we're supposed to do that. But the thing is, we can receive from the Lord on a regular basis to hear from Him and to communicate with Him. And, and I'll tell you something, it's kind of, it might sound kind of funny, but I had the Lord speak to my heart about a month ago. I think I told my wife this. And I never had Him do this before. And I woke up and I heard these words, Good morning, Keithy. Now, the only person that ever called me that was my dad when I was young. He would call me Keithy. All right, now you, you can call me Keith. All right. <laughs> but it, 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 was a, it, was, it, it was a sense of endearment. It was like, wow. I mean, I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. But he said, good morning, Keithy. And I, I could hear the Lord smile. You know what I'm saying by that? It was like the Lord would call me. I've never, I never thought in a billion years he would ever call me that. Because people think God only speaks in King James language, you know. <laughs> Are thou awakest yet? <laughs> you know. What doest thou today, you know. He said, he said good morning, Keithy. And I, I, my, it made my heart like melt. With God's love, I was like, oh, God, that you would, you would actually call me that. You know what I'm saying? Now, I could have rejected that. I could have just wrote that off and said, that's just my mind playing tricks on me. But let me tell you something. You know, when the Lord, when you see the Lord, He's happy about seeing you. Amen? I see Sister Chris right here. God bless Sister Chris. Her husband, a mighty, powerful, wonderful, glorious man of God, went home to be with the Lord a week ago. You know? But, you know, thank God we know what we know. Amen. The joy that he is experiencing cannot even be, you can't even pay a price for it. He is, and it's 24-7, constant joy, peace like never before. And he is experiencing that right now, and he will experience that every single day of every single hour. That's where he's at right now. He's with Jesus, and he's with other loved ones that have gone on ahead of time. It's like a big, glorious party in heaven. Amen? Well, the good thing is, is we don't have to wait to go to heaven to experience that. Jesus prayed that the will of God be done on earth just as it is in heaven. God wants there to be days of heaven upon the earth. That's what he told Israel. That's his servants. We're his sons. He wants there to be days of heaven on the earth. Praise God. And we can, all, we can step into that today by faith. We can start stepping into the days of heaven where we can start have that communion and fellowship with the Lord. And it's the most glorious thing that there is. Amen. 
Last night I went outside. Last two nights I went outside. You ever notice how beautiful the nights have been lately? Starlit skies. And I, it doesn't make, take much to get me excited. I can tell you that right now. It doesn't take much at all. And I, I stood out there, the, took the dog out. He did his thing, you know. And, and I stood there on the lawn and I looked up. I thought, oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lifting my hands up. And the Lord said, I made it all for you and for you. It's big enough for all of us to be ours. Amen. But simple things like that, that most people, they take it for granted. They walk out, yeah, it's a nice night, you know. And they, they don't see the forest for the trees. Is that how it's said? Okay. But you, you can, if you're paying attention, you can see God everywhere. You can see Him if you're looking for Him. Amen. I see God in you all today. I do. Because I'm looking for it. You know what I mean? I'm not just looking for you in the flesh when you show up. You know, that's good. Praise the Lord for that. But I'm looking for the God that lives on the inside of you and attributes of God that He's placed on the inside of every one of you. Amen? I love your anointings that you have. Pastor Lynn and I, we love the, the giftings and the anointings that you have on the inside of you. Because it makes up a complete picture. You've all seen puzzles before, you know, thousands of pieces, you know. I've never been a puzzle man. It's too boring for me. My sister used to do those big cross or those big puzzles, you know, the natural puzzles. Thousands of pieces, you know. I mean, I don't have time for that, you know. But, you know, you'd walk into the room and say, hmm, I see something there. And then another day or two later, I see there's a clear picture of a face right there in a mountain range or something like that, you know. And that's what, we're like pieces of the puzzle. When we come together as a body, we make up a bigger picture of what God is saying to the world today. Because you have graces and you have anointings in you that no one else can replace. No one else has the graces and the gifts that you have. And that's why we can celebrate one another. We don't tolerate one another. We celebrate one another. Have you been around anybody in your past that just tolerated you? Anybody here? Only a few of you? You felt tolerated. I do not like to be around people that just tolerate me. Now, I'm not mad at them or anything like that, but I don't like to be around people that tolerate me. I like to be around people that celebrate me. And that's not to say I'm some great person or anything like that. But you know what? We need to see the value in each and every person here. Ask God to help you with that. To see the value in every single person. I saw a thing this past week. It was actually a, uh, a minister that posted a thing on Facebook. And I really liked what it said that everybody is going through some kind of battle. So be kind to them. And I looked at it I thought, oh, amen. Everybody is going through some type of battle. So be kind to them. And by being kind to people, being loving to people, you help people get through things. Amen? My, my son last night, you know, he was out somewhere and he, he saw a wallet laying on the side of the road. It was a wallet, you know. And there happened to be some money in the wallet and so forth, you know. Well, you know, a lot of people in the world would just take the cash out, throw the wallet away and say, man, I got a hundred extra bucks here. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, he called the parents of that that young man and so forth. And, and, uh, and here they want to give him a reward for that. You know what I'm saying? 
But see, little th- you might think that's a little thing like that, but that's actually, those acts of kindness like that, showing people kindness is a big deal to God. It's a big deal to God. Oh, Father, I just want you to use me today, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to raise up somebody, you know, heal somebody. Those are all great things. They are great things, and they're for us. But more often than not, the Lord is very subtle in the way He tells us to do things, showing kindness to people. That's a big deal with God. Do you know that? Showing kindness to people. I mean, that may not, you may not be saying, hey, Jesus, you know, uh, do you know about Jesus? You know, they, they may not come to that per- at that point, but you can show love and you can show kindness to people. And like that saying said, everybody is going through some kind of battle, so be kind to them. Have you ever been through a battle before? Maybe you're in one right now. But, oh, it just, it just helps when someone's just nice and friendly to you, isn't it? And you know what? If you're a believer, you have that on the inside of you. The kindness is in you. The fruit of the Spirit is in you. Love, joy, peace, it's all in there. When you got born again, God brought that up because He is. He is love. God is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. I mean, so God is patient. God is kind. And He happens to live on the inside of you, so He'll help you to be patient with people. He will. Amen. So God has not given us the spirit of fear. Oh, man, the time is flipping by here. Too quick here. Uh, let's take about another three minutes here and, and we'll close, okay? But Genesis chapter 3, I'll just refer to this. You can bring it up, Josh, if you want. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, remember I said that the greatest fear that man has is that the Word of God will not work for you. Why do we fear being protected? Because we don't know the promises of God. Okay? We fear we won't be protected. Well, there's so many scriptures. God says, I'll watch over you. I'll keep you. A thousand will fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. It won't come near you. I believe that part. Okay? There might be a thousand and one reasons to fear that are out there on every side. But we can pass every single one of them up. Now the devil said this. He says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Hmm. You see the doubt that the... Uh, and getting back to my original saying here that the greatest fear is that the Word of God, with God's lying, that God doesn't mean what He says. Amen. And the devil came along after God said that that you can have every tree of the garden, but this tree belongs to me. The day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. So here comes the devil, and he says, God's not really serious about that. He doesn't really mean what he says. In fact, he's trying to keep something from you. That's what he's trying to do. And so he was deceiving and subtle. And he began to sow lies about God's faithfulness and God's integrity. Now go to, uh, real quick, to Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23. Or you can just look up on the screen here. Numbers 23 and verse 19. I cannot hardly wait to get into this next week. I'm telling you, I thought I was going to get into it today. My goodness. You know, the scripture says there's no fear in love. 
perfect love cast out fear. When that says there's no fear in love, you know what that means? When you understand in context, when you understand how much God loves you, that will eradicate any fear in your life. That's what that means. And not just walking in love. Perfect love, perfect understanding of how much God loves you in context of 1 John will eliminate and eradicate any fear that you have. Okay? But in Numbers 23, verse 19, it says this, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, shall he not, make, shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, shall he not make it good? Isn't that something? So God doesn't lie. God does not lie. He cannot lie. So if God said something in His Word, now last scripture here is in Hebrews chapter 6. And I want to show you that and connect this verse with this verse here we just read in Numbers and connect it with Hebrews here. So uh, Numbers says that God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Amen? Praise God. Now in Hebrews 6 verse 17 it says, And God also bound himself to an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. Now this is the NLT. So God has, verse 18, that God has given his promise and his oath that two are unchangeable things because it is impossible for God to lie. Notice that. It's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we have fled for him for refuge and, and have great confidence as we hold the hope that lies before us. Now, notice this. And this is a strong, trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us to the curtain of God's inner sanctuary. Now, notice the phrase, it's impossible for God to lie. Let's say that. It's impossible for God to lie. And he, he likens it like this. He said, it's like an anchor to a ship. So we know what anchors, there's different size anchors for different size boats. You know, if you have a little fishing boat, you know, you might have, I've done this before, gone out with somebody who has a bass boat. And they fill up a, uh, a mill carton with cement. And it, it's like a solid piece of cement, okay? You know what I'm talking about? And, and uh, you know, I remember one time I was fishing with a guy years ago, years ago, 20-some years ago. And it was kind of a windy day, and we're out on this boat, you know, we're kind of stationed out towards the middle of the lake, you know, and he had one of those depth finders that showed where the fish were and so forth. But the wind, it was, it was beating enough where it kept pushing us into the, uh, the shoreline. We didn't want to be there. So he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw the anchor down out here. So he threw the anchor over. It was just a big milk carton filled with cement, concrete. And that little anchor kept us stable when the wind kept blowing against us. Now that's a small boat. Now, large ships have big anchors, okay? What's the purpose of an anchor? To keep it stable from moving. The Word of God is like an anchor to our souls. Because your soul wants to go this way and this way and this way because it's looking at what you're seeing what's going on. Are you with me now? See, if the devil can fight you in the arena of reason, you will get whipped every time. 
But if you fight the devil in the arena of faith, he gets whipped every single time. Because if you're in the arena of faith, you're not moved by what you see. You're not moved by what you hear. You're moved by the word of the living God. Oh, I've been so many times I've stood up and said, I'm not moved by this. I'm not moved by the natural, but I'm moved by the word of God. And it brought great consolation and comfort to my heart. Amen. And the anchor to my soul became more sure and steadfast because there was a time when I was shaken like this when the wind and the waves would come against me. And that's what it's designed to do. It's, they're come from the enemy. Those wind and the waves are lies saying the word of God's not going to work. God's a liar. God's not good. No, no, devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. Hallelujah. And about Jesus called him the father of lies. So he's the, he's the, he sins from the beginning. The only thing the devil knows how to do is lie and not tell the truth or half truth. Okay? I mean, think about it. Even when Jesus was tempted by the devil, one of those temptations was, uh, you know, I think it was the last temptation. He says, they're up on, he was up on the pinnacle of this temple here, and he said, if you cast yourself down, it is written, he will give his angels charge over thee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now the devil goes to quote in Scripture. Yeah. Out of context. Because if you read the next verse, it says, and you shall tread upon the lion and the dragon, and you shall trample them under your feet. That's talking about the devil. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So Jesus, the devil comes and says, you know, the Bible says if you, he's trying to get him to commit suicide. If you throw yourself down here, it is written, he will give his angels charge of thee. But Jesus came back, he said, as as is also written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the truth is an anchor to your soul. And the nice thing, the beautiful thing about that anchor was there's no expiration date on it. It doesn't say, well, if you're living in the 21st century, then it's a little bit differently. No, the anchor still holds sure and steadfast. I don't care if it's a thousand. I don't care if you were in the middle of the tribulation right now, an antichrist, mark of the beast, and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to worry about that anyway. Well, let's just say you're in the middle of that, because you know, there will be people saved during the tribulation. And God will take care of His own. You could be in the midst of hell on earth like the tribulation. We're not there. Okay. But the most pressurized time you could ever think for mankind. And if you're holding on to the Word of God, the storm might come, the winds will blow, like Jesus said, and beat upon that house. But he said, afterwards the house stood because it was founded on the rock. <laughs> they that hear the word of God and do the word of God are like those that stand upon the rock. And when the winds came and the waves beat upon that house, it did not fall. But he said like this, he said, those that hear the word of God and don't do and practice the word of God, the same storm came against that person, but they were wiped out. They were completely wiped out because they were just hearers of the word and not doers of the word. How do you know if you really believe the Word of God? First of all, you don't look bored. <laughs> and sometimes we need to shake ourselves. I'll be honest. Sometimes I just shake myself, say, grab a hold of myself, say, wake up here, wake up, Keith. Do you realize what you're hearing right now? 
Wake up. <laughs> Do you realize what you're hearing right now is the Word of God? Yeah. <laughs> and so we can stir up ourselves and say, I'm hearing truth, and the truth is unchangeable. It cannot change. God cannot lie. Hallelujah. That's why David said, I rejoice that your word like one that found a great spoil. I'm telling you, I get excited about the word of God because the word of God is the truth. Praise God. See, God can't do much with people that are so analytical and their education just gets in the way because there's nothing wrong with education, nothing wrong with getting degrees, but don't let that stand in your way from trust and faith in God. Get all you can. Get all the education you can. But don't let that be a stumbling block. Don't let that get in your way. Hallelujah. I believe God's word. And Paul stood up on that ship. He says, I believe that it shall be even as it was told me. For there stood by me an angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve. And he's out there in the middle of a hurricane. I mean, the worst kind of hurricane. And the Lord told him, he said, you're going to make it. Tell those that... Stay. He says, don't jump ship. He said, tell those on the ship. Those were his enemies. He said, stay on the ship. There's another message in that. Stay on the ship. Don't jump ship. He goes, if they jump ship, then they're gonna, their lives are going to be taken. But if they stay on the ship where the anointing is, all's going to be well. And not one of those people on that ship that took him captive. I mean, they were taking him to Rome as a prisoner. And Paul ends up being the captain on that ship. Because he was, I love it because he was getting ready to leave. They were getting ready to leave and it was a beautiful, like, like the day like today, you know, just gorgeous out, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and they got Paul in chains and they're bound him. They're putting him on the ship. And he, and he told the leader of the ship, he says, Sir, I perceive that this voyage will be with much hurt and damage, not only for the lading of the ship or the cargo of the ship, but for our very own lives also. But the Bible says that the, the captain of the ship didn't believe a word that Paul was saying. Said, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just trying to get out of this thing right here. And he's all he said, all Paul said was, I perceive. I per say, I perceive. He had a perception. I didn't say he had a vision. He didn't have an angel appear to him. He perceived. Every one of you have a perception. Okay? Now that's not spectacular, but it is supernatural. And that's part of yielding yourself to the Lord, yielding yourself to the inward witness. That's the number one way God leads all his kids is by the inward witness. Not the inward voice, but an inward witness. In other words, you thought about something, you planned on doing something, but maybe, maybe it just didn't feel right. It's just like, oh, something in here, you know? Not something you ate last night, but I mean, something in your gut. You're just like, yeah, it just doesn't set right. Okay? I've had people through the years come to me with different things, you know, different opportunities and stuff. And, and it sounded great to your head. But inside your spirit, you're like, ah, I'm not supposed to do that. And sometimes you can have outward pressure, even from other believers that try to pressure you into doing certain things. You know, but at the end of the day, you have to learn to listen in here. Listen in, listen in your spirit. You're making, making plans. Always get God involved in your plans. Don't just say, oh, I just want to move here because there's more sunshine and, you know, so forth. Doggone it. Don't let that be your motivating factor. Amen. 
If it was up to, up to our flesh, we would all move to Florida or California. Me too. <laughs> I would too from the natural. I would. Okay? But you know, there's miserable people in Florida. There's miserable people in California. I was just there, I know. <laughs> Amen? It, I'm just saying, you have to listen to your spirit. James even talks about that. Don't boast and say, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to do that, because I want to do that. He says, but rather say, Lord, what you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Are you with me now? Praise God. See, I've talked to people through the years. I've been around a little bit and people that have made choices and plans and didn't consult the Lord about it. I could list you names. I'm not going to do that. But I've, no, I've known people that have made choices, major choices, and they didn't. Now, I didn't have the liberty to tell them, you're missing God right here. Because God said, don't say a word to them. They're going to have to figure that out on their own. Okay. And you look now 15, 20 years later and you see the choices that they made. Whew, devastating. But at the time they thought this is the best thing. This, this has to be God. This has to be God. Not everything that comes down the pike that looks good is God. Okay? A good choice isn't necessarily a God choice. Are you with me now? Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands and thank Him this morning. Amen. We worship You, Jesus. Worship You, Lord Jesus. Worship You, Lord Jesus. Worship You, Lord Jesus. Oh, praise You, Father God. Praise You, Father. Praise You, Father. Thank You, Lord. It's Your choices, Your decisions, Your choices, Father, that are important. It's what You say that's important, Father. It's what you say that really matters. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. 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 As you follow after me, as you seek me with all of your heart, I'll put the desires inside your heart of the things that you're to do. And it won't be a fleeting thing that will come and go. As you walk before me and talk with me and commune with me, the things that I want you to do, I'll put that in your heart. For I've said in my word that if, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. So as you walk with me, I will put those desires in your heart for the things that I want you to do. It will not be a fleshly desire. As you walk with me, as you commune with me, I'll stir up your heart to do this or to do that, to say this or to say that, to be here or to be there. I'll put that in me. But many, many have made choices outside the realm of the Spirit and they've made choices based on the flesh, based on what looks good in the natural. And many, even of my own people, have made choices 
that have not been spawned by the Holy Ghost. And now there's great regret on their behalf. But it doesn't need to be that way, saith the Lord. It's not too late. As you walk with me and commune with me and practice my presence, you'll be in sync with me. And when I step, you'll step. And when I go right, you'll go right. When I go left, you'll go left. For you'll be used to walking with me on a daily basis. And when it comes to seemingly major decisions, it won't be so difficult. It won't be so hard. It won't be a struggle. You'll know that's what I'm supposed to do. It's been in my heart. It's been in my heart. So follow on after me, saith the Lord. Follow the inward witness. Follow the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you, and you'll not miss it. There'll be no fear involved whatsoever. For when your choices are based and made out of your spirit, it'll always be the right choice. But when decisions are made based on pressure on your mind and on your flesh, you will not have that reassurance and that confidence on the inside of you. Because you'll always be looking to someone else in the natural to confirm to you what you are to do. But the first and foremost confirmation I'll give you is the witness of the Spirit. The witness of the Holy Ghost in your spirit concerning your choices and your decisions. For I am a personal God and I live on the inside of you. And I desire to lead you and guide you into all truth. So walk with me. Fellowship with me. Commune with me. And all will be well. And fear will go out the back door. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For there is a rest for the people of God. Yield not to that pressure. Yield not to that pressure, but yield unto the peace of God. It's your choice. You can do it today. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is speaking to us this morning. So let's just purpose. We're going to yield ourselves to Him and yield ourselves to the peace of God. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Years ago, I, uh, many, many years, over 30-some years ago, uh, probably 35 years ago, I was in a church, and I wasn't in the ministry yet. I was just a member of a church. I was young, you know. And there was a, uh, there was a guy in the church. He was an older gentleman, and he... Uh, Got married to a younger girl, had three kids, and uh, his first wife had passed away. He remarried, married this young girl, and he was at a meeting, a public meeting. It was a church meeting, and someone came up and prophesied to him that he was to uh, move and go to China as a missionary. Okay, remember that? And uh, so, just because someone prophesies over you doesn't mean... That's God talking to you. You have to judge prophecy. <laughs> okay? First and foremost, if it's not already in your spirit, you're under no obligation to follow that. The Bible says we're to judge prophecy. All right? Now, I've had through the years, only a couple of times, I've had people prophesy over me, and, and it was already 
saying, it, it said what the Holy Ghost was already talking to me about inside here. And many times in a sermon, like almost on a weekly basis, the spirit of prophecy doesn't just mean, thus saith the Lord. You know, it can be something that's said that, that you're dealing with and it bears witness with you. So it just gives you the green light. Okay. That's the spirit of prophecy. Well, this guy, and I watched this and I was only maybe 20 years old at the time, 21 years old. And I, it just didn't feel right. He got up in front of the church. He said, well, I went to this meeting, you know, and it wasn't in the church we were coming out. It was another public meeting, you know, in the city. And uh, this guy prophesied to me, I'm going to leave everything behind, go to China. And I'll tell you, he went there and just about lost his life, came back, lost his marriage, lost everything that he had because he did, he, he did what he did based on someone that just prophesied over him. But I can tell you this, the Holy Ghost was trying to talk to him all along. He just didn't want to hear it. The Spirit of God was already talking to him on the inside. But sometimes you can push that aside and say, well, so-and-so I prophesied over me. Listen, if somebody came up to me and prophesied over me and it didn't bear witness with me, I, I mean, I wouldn't be mean to a person. I'd say, thank you. I appreciate that. But I'm going to put that on a shelf. Okay. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're out of time. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand up. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just bless. We bless each and every person today as they leave. Amen. Why don't you close us in prayer this morning? Amen. Praise you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you for the anointing that leads and guides us into all truth. We thank you, Father God, for that holy anointing. The whole say this: the holy anointing. The holy anointing of the Holy Ghost, the holy Ghost is in me. Is in me. And this anointing. And this anointing is leading me. Is leading me into all truth. Into all truth. In every area of my life. In every area of my life. I hear the voice. I hear the voice. Of the good shepherd. Of the good shepherd. In the voice of a stranger. In the voice of a stranger. I will not follow. I will not follow. For I hear God's voice. For I hear God's voice. And I want to hear his voice. And I want to hear his voice. So I'll hear what he says. So I'll hear what he says. And I'll do what he says. And I'll do what he says. With his help. With his help. Even this day. Even this day. So, Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. Yes, we thank Father. you right now. Grab the hand of the person next to you. Oh, praise you. Let's bless the person to your left and to your right. Yes, Father, Lord. we bless our sisters yes, and brothers Lord. in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you right now yes, for filling them this day with holy boldness boldness to, sh to shed off those things yes, that are Lord. not from you. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, that the greater one will rise up on the inside of them. And those things that have brought them fear and darkness and bondage, oh, the greater one will rise up and say, no more, I'm tired of being tormented. The greater one will rise up on the inside of them. In Jesus' name, we bless our brother and sister to the right and to the left. Yes, In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for the great empowering of the Holy Ghost, that they're filled with the Holy Ghost. 
that Father God, they pray in the Holy Ghost. They build up themselves on their most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. We thank you for holy boldness. Boldness, boldness. Holy boldness, holy boldness, holy healing, holy strength. Holy peace. Oh, Bacare. We cover their minds in the name and in the blood. Their minds in the name and in the blood. Their minds in the name and in the blood. Say, my mind is good. My mind is good. It's filled with good things. It's filled with good things. It's filled with the power of God. It's filled with the power of God. I had the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I have the helmet of salvation on. I have the helmet of salvation on. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For my word declares about the vexation of my servant Lot in his soul. For you see, Lot yes. was raised in a godly atmosphere. Yes. The yes. nephew of Abraham who walked with the one whom I appeared to in the days of the beginnings. Yes. But he made a decision, and it wasn't the right decision. He went to Sodom and Gomorrah. It was a place of iniquity and sin. But he made that move. Well, in that city, he was vexed constantly in his righteous mind because of the decision he made. For, he say, for you see, he could have moved to other areas, but no, he made that decision. Yes. He had the godly counsel yes. of his man, Abraham. But no, he made a decision to go another way. And when judgment came down upon that city, he lost his wife because of the vexation that was in her soul. But that vexation overcame her soul where she desired those things yes. that were in that city. For you see, she looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. Yes. For whenever you're moving, look for the move of the Spirit within your heart. Don't put aside the righteous teachings that you've been receiving. Allow these things yes. Yes. to grow deep within your heart. Yes. Allow them to be rooted mightily. Yes. Yes. For you see, many have had that vexation of the mind. Many have struggled with the things of the world and the things of the spirit. The things of the the word and the things that the world offers. Yes, yes. They've teetered on the fence one way, then the other way. But be strong, says yes. the Lord, yes. and allow my word to be that anchor to your soul. Yes. Allow yes. that word to guard your mind and your heart, says the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So don't despair, but look to me, for I am your redeemer. I am the redeemer of your soul. And for that, as you look to me, the light 
of my presence will pour out upon you and dispel the darkness around you. So look to me. Look to me. Look to me. And I'll deliver you from this and from that. Oh, for it's oh mama se bro do chevre que dando rena sambo brojing grange de vroj de crasto. Oh, ma sambro veke. Oh, for my glory is right around the bend. My coming is right around the bend. So prepare your hearts. Prepare your hearts. Prepare your houses. Prepare your mind. Prepare your body to be holy and separated. Oh, for get ready. I urge you, get ready. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just thank God he's speaking to us this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Should it be such an odd thing that God want to talk to us? See, for most people here, I get you once a week. Some people, it's once every six weeks. So if we go a little bit over 12 noon, is that a big deal? Because why? It's more important to hear from God. and God. What, it's, more, it's, not, it's what God is saying that matters. Amen. And I believe we've heard from the Lord this morning. Praise God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 